0: Welcome to Igniting Your Faith. Today, Pastor Fisher reminds us to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the only true answer and love for all of us. We encourage you to thoughtfully and prayerfully let God's love make an impact in your life. Now, here is Dr. Chris Fisher with today's message of powerful truth from God's Word. Well, we're looking at the subject of sharing our faith today. Isaiah 57, uh, 52 reads like this, and it's in the context of the captivity of Zion. Of course, Zion is uh, uh, another name for Jerusalem and for the, the city of God, and it's gone through a time of captivity and oppression, and first of all, it was oppressed by Egypt and then by Assyria, And and when this was written, the prophet was foreseeing the day when there would be uh, the people will be taken captive for nothing, and they'd be mocked by those who rule them. And his, God's name will be blasphemed all day long among them, among a people who didn't know his name. Look at this. <laughs> and God says to them, when this all happens, because Isaiah was saying about things that were going to come, you'll know that it was I who told you, God who told you. It's actually one of the cool things about prophecy that proves the existence of God, that he tells us in advance when it's going to come, and then when it happens, we're like, what? You're real? It really? Yeah, you're the real deal. I can remember living in Israel in the 1980s briefly for a time in my life and hearing all about not just what God was doing, but how it was fulfilling ancient prophecies that had been written thousands of years before And here it was coming to pass before our very eyes. It was like, wow, this is a mighty God that we serve, who says what's going to happen before it happens. And so we know this is the real God. But he goes on to say, Isaiah, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they'll see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Israel. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Now, that's talking about the good news of salvation in the Messiah, in the Son of God, in Jesus, who lay bare His arm to save us, hanging on the cross and rising from the dead, and whose gospel is known throughout the whole world. Uh, So this is certainly, this good news is about Jesus, but it's a plural here. The feet of those who bring good news. It's about us who carry on the good news of Jesus. God has called his church to have beautiful feet as we share the good news. And it's not just for a few of us. Now, it's true that some are gifted with the spiritual gift of evangelism. It's easier for them to share Christ. They don't have any trouble going up and talking to people about things of faith and Um, But really, this is something that is about sharing our hope. And it's a gift that every Christian should be able to give to others. I want you to consider what Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15 when he's addressing all believers, including you and me. He says, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared. Not, okay, pastors, you should be prepared. Not, okay, administrative board members, you should be prepared. Not, okay, outreach committee, you should be prepared. It's all believers. Anybody who has the hope of Christ. <clears throat> now, if you don't have the hope of Christ then you don't have anything to share, that's okay you are invited to get into that hope. And just consider as we go along what I'm saying here. In a sense, it's natural, a natural thing that we will want to share what we have when we fully grasp what salvation is. We have hope because we have Jesus. I mean, it's really that simple. And we should be prepared to share that hope. When we see someone who is hopeless, sharing Christ is as simple as pointing people to him. You're having a hard time. Can I pray for you? In the name of Jesus. Have you thought about talking to Jesus about this, seeking him? You know, Jesus is his own reward. That's the thing. All we have to do is point the way, planting seeds, share a little of our walk with God, and let God do the rest. We who have found Jesus Christ have found the true bread of life. When we share our faith, maybe you've heard this illustration before, it's as simple as one beggar who's found bread telling another beggar where to find bread. You're not the bread yourself, you don't have to be the bread. All you have to do is say, you know what, I was hungry and I found the bread. You're hungry? I know the one who's bread for you. If you want it, you can just ask him. How can we do it well? Think about that. How can we do it in a way that's effective? Peter gives part of the answer here in his letter. Do this with gentleness and respect. Be prepared to share your hope in Jesus, but do this with gentleness and respect. In other words, your attitude in sharing the gospel should not be harsh, shouldn't be proud. It shouldn't be to prove you're right or smarter than whoever you're sharing with, like you have the answers. Remember, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So it should be done in love. Your answer should be gentle, not threatened, even if the person disagrees with you or is not receptive. We should be respectful, allowing them to say what they have to say with no need to win an argument. Uh, You know, we're we're doing the Alpha course right now, and part of that is uh, it's a way to offer, uh, it's sort of like an introduction to Christianity and to offer it to folks who want to renew their faith or who may not have faith, and we want to invite them to have it. And uh, I'll give you one of the little tips. It's sort of an insider tip that our table leaders are instructed in. We're told not to argue at the table or try to correct people when they say something in sharing at the table that we disagree with or that we think we have a better answer to. The table leaders are just supposed to listen and appreciate their sharing even their willingness to share and say even if we de- disagree with it that's really interesting thank you for sharing and let God be the one who leads them into more truth through the whole context of the teachings in other words you don't have to have all the answers and this applies outside the church when you're sharing your faith you don't have to win an argument. You talk to an atheist, you don't have to go through a, a, like an argument that proves all the reasons that God exists and then say, come on now, you got to admit. All you have to do is share your hope. You, know, you, you can say, you know, I appreciate your, your arguments. And, and uh, you know, I can, sometimes atheists have a story of pain in their background and they're really secretly blaming God. And maybe you could say, you know, I appreciate the suffering you've gone through that's led you here. But let me tell you about my hope. And that's it. You know, I I have God in my heart and my life is different. I've suffered too. But my life, I have hope because I've got to know Jesus. You know, they may not receive it right away, but what you say may haunt them. Because that's the way the Holy Spirit works. People say things on his behalf that are like uh, the gong of a bell that keeps ringing in the ears of those that God is trying to talk to. So let God worry about the outcome of your sharing. Just do it. Peter, Peter continues here, Do it with a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander you know, what is a clear conscience? It's a life lived in integrity. Our actions should match our words and our words should be true. There's nothing as undermining of a clear witness as hypocrisy. When Christians are hypocrites or hateful or self-righteous or actually wicked, it can give non-believers an excuse to dismiss or blaspheme Christianity. Now, it's true at the end of the day, when when they stand before God, he's not going to say to them, oh yeah, you have an excuse because you were mistreated by a Christian, right? We have to all give an account to God for what we put in our own hearts. But if we say that God is love, but what comes out of our heart and mouth is something besides love, others will quickly tune out our spiritual message. So we, we really need to do that sort of soul-searching work to get purified from things that are not of love so that when we do stand before people and are sharing our hope, it's not coming out as a mixed message. And that's something the Holy Spirit does for us. Remember what Jesus came as? A, a purifier, a refiner, to set us free from all these things of sin. If our behavior is above reproach, full of salt and light, and our actions are consistently directed towards others' good, and we listen to them, we are much more likely to be listened to. You may have heard that little quip attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Who's heard that? A lot of people, right? Now, I don't entirely agree with the sentiment, because if we don't use words, people will have no idea, why we're different where our hope comes from or the truth of the gospel jesus didn't go out and send his disciples and say uh, go out there and and um, just go out there humming and mumming and put your hands on people and hope for the best don't say anything he didn't say that he gave them clear instructions what to say but i do agree with this part how we live is part of the evidence of the gospel Jesus said to his followers, by this will all people know that you belong to me because you love one another. You know, think about your neighbor who doesn't know the Lord and how are they going to come to know him if you don't show them his love? Or well, contrary wise, as you show them his love, how that relationship with them can grow and they can begin to be drawn, not just to you, but the one who's in you, who's the source of your hope. See, a life lived with love, integrity, and peace is its own testimony, and part of what may draw someone to Christ. They see what we have as Christians, and they may be drawn to him and us, and then you'll get a chance to say why, to share the hope. I want to just talk a little bit about the directions Jesus gives in Luke 10 in a little more detail. Many of us think sharing our faith as something complicated and requiring extensive training really is something much harder than it needs to be. And having done so in our minds, it's suddenly it's too hard to even try. Right? Isn't that how we get kind of intimidated by the idea of sharing our faith? And to be sure, training is helpful. The gospel passage from Luke today describes Jesus training the 72 before he sent them out. Well, look at that training. They were sent out to the towns and villages of Israel to prepare the way for Jesus himself to come. He gave them basic instructions, including what to do as they entered a home and what to do if the village rejected his message. And he said, if they reject you, well, first, what to do if they accept you? Don't move around from house to house, go to one house, but then talk to the village. If they receive you, heal the sick and proclaim that the kingdom of God has come. Right? If they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them and say, but be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near you. And Jesus says, because they've rejected those followers, It'll be better on the, for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for those villages. So God takes care of things in the spirit realm and, and we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, right? But he get, is giving them clear instructions on how to do this and how, what to do and how not to take on themselves the burden of a village that rejects him, to give it to God and leave it to god but the heart of this what they have to share was very simple heal the sick and announce the kingdom of god's arrived super simple and that shows that sharing christ does not need to be complicated the 72 followed his instructions and it says they came back overjoyed because even the evil spirit submitted to them in the name of jesus In other words, as they were there, they were casting out evil spirits. That was part of the healing that was going on. And they were super excited about it. Now, the whole thing of evil spirits is a a topic for uh, some other time. But I want you to know that we have the same heritage of power in the name of Jesus. It's the power of prayer. Sometimes the very most powerful thing we can do to witness to our faith is to offer to pray for someone and ask God to bless and heal them in the name of Jesus. You got a neighbor who's going through a rough time and you say, hey, what's happening? You listen to them, listen to them, and listen to them. And you commiserate with them. And then at the end of that, to just say, hey, can I pray for you? Chances are, if you've listened to them pour out their heart to you, they'll be open to you praying for them. Right? And then... If they are open to that, you pray for them and release God's power into their life, whatever that may look like. And if they're not open to it, it's okay. You say, okay, nah, no problem. You know, but thanks for sharing your story. I I, I really feel for you. It's it's that's sad. You now we have in the spirit, spiritual authority, even to trample on evil spirits. So we ought not to be intimidated by just flesh and blood people, right? We have the same call to announce the kingdom of God has come. It's arrived. And it may be just as simple as saying, hey, you know, I was a lost soul. My life was a wreck. And I found Jesus and he lifted me up out of the ash heap. Uh, And uh, he can do the same for you. Two sentences, right? Three sentences. And then let God do the work. You know, the, 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 the message of the gospel is like seeds. And those seeds are, can be cumulative, right? One seed, you say one thing, somebody else is talking to somebody, they say something else on beh- God's behalf. And those seeds sort of pile up in their spirit. And sometimes they germinate and they sprout up. But you don't know when they'll sprout up. You know, the the friend who shared Christ with me, I didn't respond to his message right away. I heard it. The seeds went into my heart. They echoed in my spirit. But I didn't say, oh, yeah, will you leave me in prayer to receive Jesus right now? I didn't. Later, sometime later on my own, I was ready when those seeds were ready to sprout. And that's the way it is for most of us, right? There's a time and we can trust God with the timing of those seeds. We plant them. When you share your hope with somebody, you're planting a seed. God's the one who makes it grow in his time. You know, and we don't have to dig in and unearth the seeds and see how they're doing. Neighbor, I talked to you about Jesus. How's it going with that? Right? Can you just, let me me unearth the seeds and see what's happening. You know what will happen to the seeds if you do that. Let God do his work. So let me just summarize here these practical suggestions. Share with gentleness and respect. You don't have to win an argument. You're just sharing part of your experience. You're a witness. That's it. Jesus said to the disciples, you'll be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That includes us. We're still witnesses of the reality of Jesus, that he's alive and well. He's the king of the kingdom of God. And he's brought it to the earth, and we're part of it. right? So we're witnesses of that. If you have joy or hope or any kind of consolation in your own heart, that's a witness to God's work in your life. And that's all you've got. That's all you need to have. Let me put it that way. To be a witness. You've experienced God for yourself. Be a person of integrity. Consistently gentle, just, merciful, and kind. That draws people to Jesus in a, a way that all the words in the world may not without that and you don't have to have all the answers so again we're just planting seeds making them grow is god's job listen respectfully you know it says somewhere even the fool is thought wise if they listen before they speak (laughs) right you know and so be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. James says that. You know, when you're sharing your hope, the, the, the opening to share that will likely be, uh, be because you listened first and you gave somebody a loving hearing. And even if you disagree with the spiritual ideas you're sharing, it's okay. You can listen respectfully, and if you've done so, you're much more likely to be listened to Respectfully, when it's your turn. And then offer them what you have. You know, when Peter came up to that beggar at the temple gate and he said, I don't have silver or gold, but I do have something for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk that crippled beggar. He gave him Jesus, and Jesus healed him right there. Right? If you know Jesus, you have Jesus. And you can offer them Jesus. So that's our call. Always be prepared, brothers and sisters, all of us, to give the reason for the hope that you have and to do it with gentleness and respect. And God will take care of growing the seeds. So I want to challenge you this week Now, there's another thing you can do is pray for people as part of loving them. If you know somebody who doesn't know the Lord and you'd like to see them come to know the Lord, start praying for them. That's part of what prepares the heart, breaks up the the hard ground uh, so that those seeds can get in there and be fruitful when they do germinate. Pray for them. Just start praying for them. Maybe you think somebody's a total enemy of God well maybe they are but pray for them you know think about paul total enemy of god but the church somehow is praying for him jesus had a plan for him and jesus got a hold of him world changing so don't be intimidated if they have uh, their shields and defenses up just keep praying for them and we can all do that right so i want to call you all to do that god is calling us to get ready To share even more and more. We have this good news. It's not meant to be hidden up here on the hill and a great big uh, lid put on top of it, right? Isn't there a little parable about that somewhere? It's not meant to be a lamp that you keep off and hide away. That's not a lamp, but it's meant to shine. You're meant to shine. God loves you and He means His love to shine through you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Igniting Your Faith. Let God's Word empower your life with new growth that encourages everyone you meet. Igniting Your Faith is copyrighted and published by Dr. Chris Fisher and First Church, Schuylkill Haven, Pennsylvania. Special piano music played by Cindy McClelland. You can find more information about Dr. Chris Fisher, this podcast, and the church at our website, havenfirstumc.org. We hope you will join us again next week and let God ignite your faith.